Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Today's guest is Champagne Mayor Deb Frank Finan, who's running for re-election on April 4th. Good afternoon, Deb. Good afternoon. You were one of the first guests on my podcast almost five years ago. What is the biggest change in the five years? I think for me, and you know, I don't know that this is a community-wide thing, but I don't take for granted the opportunities to gather with people. So there are times where, as mayor, it can sometimes feel a little bit like a burden, like, oh my gosh, I have so many things on my plate. And now I just delight that I have the opportunity to do all of those things. And I am grateful every day that I get to be in person with people. What motivated you to want to run another term? You know, I've told this story a couple of times, and it's really about the community. I was out in Garden Hills knocking on doors, and I had someone who was kind of a regular community activist for that neighborhood who had been to lots of council meetings, who met us at her door basically in tears saying, do you realize like the light poles are laying in the street over there and they're about to start the work. And it's moments like that. It's knowing that those projects are well on their way and that we're going to accomplish some great things that really make me want to run again. But it's also, we invested $8 million in our violence reduction blueprint. And over the next four years, what we're going to have to do with the help of the evaluators from the University of Illinois is figure out which of those programs are being impactful, how they're being impactful, and how we're going to fund them moving forward. And I feel like the experience I've had as a council member and as mayor is something that's going to help us in figuring out not only which programs we need to keep, but also how are we going to pay for those programs moving forward? You have accomplished so much, and we will get into violence prevention in a second, but what are you most proud of in the last four and a half years? I really think it is the COVID response. And sometimes it feels like that's so long ago. Like it just seems like a dream, right? Like it was a crazy couple of years and now we're almost back to a normal spot. And so like, did that really happen? (laughs) Did we really do that for two years? The partnerships that we had with the other governing entities, the fact that the University of Illinois Public Health Urbana and Champaign worked together almost daily in the beginning to make sure that we were covering all of our bases and that we were working in concert with each other. I don't know about you, and I can't speak for anybody else, but I felt like I was in the safest community in the United States. I felt like we had the testing here, we had the protocols, we were taking care of our community in a way that some were, but others were not. And I'm really proud of that work. I didn't do it alone. There were a whole host of people who did it with me, but I feel like our community response was pretty amazing. I did feel safe. And thank you for everything that you did to make that happen. Another area as you knock on doors that you hear about, though, is concern about the uptick in gun violence in this community. To what do you attribute a jump in this violence? Well, first, let me start by saying that from 2022 versus 2021, 
our violence is down by almost 50%. So yes, we've had a giant uptick, but it's moving in the right direction and that it's going back down. I know that this was happening nationally. That is not an excuse to not address it locally. But there were a lot of things that came together, I think, that caused many of the issues. Some of it having to do with mental health and lack of mental health services, people in lockdown not getting access to services, the lockdown, you know, I just talked to you about how I'm proud of the work we did, but there were consequences to things that happened during COVID as well. And that included some of our most vulnerable residents really being impacted at a level that many others were not. And that was mental health and it was poverty and it was lack of housing. And there were just a whole host of things that caused a lot of issues. And people were angry and upset. And when you're not socializing very much. I think that also impacts you. So we're starting to climb out of that and kids are receiving services and so are families. I've heard you say you're quote, not done with all of the work that you want to do in this community. When you're appointed another term from the voters, what is the number one thing that you want to continue doing? I can't emphasize enough our violence reduction blueprint. It's a two-year intervention. It was kind of immediate money to address, I won't even say emerging issues. They were issues that were happening right now. And we need to figure that out, right? We have U of I evaluators. We need to figure out what are the long-term things that we're going to continue to fund. That to me is number one priority. But I would also say there were a whole host of things we pushed off over the last four years because the world changed. All of the economic development, small business, minority and women-owned business things that we were working on came to a grinding halt because we were just trying to support our existing businesses and get through the lockdowns and, you know, make sure that they were still in existence on the other side. And there are a lot of things that were council goals four years ago that we didn't even touch. (laughs) And so I feel like the opportunity for another term is really an opportunity to finish the things that were on my list four years ago. You have some benefits going into this election. You have name recognition. You are the incumbent and you're doing a great job, yet you're campaigning hard. We're getting a lot of direct mail. You're knocking on doors every chance you get. Why are you campaigning so hard with those three things in your favor? I never take it for granted. It's also, I think being part of a campaign is one of the most important parts of governing. I have seen council members who have had a contested election versus those who haven't. And the opportunities that you get knocking on doors and having conversations, I mean, I knocked on your door, right? We got to stand in your front vestibule area, talk about city government. I think that that's invaluable. And, and the opportunity to do that because there's a campaign is one that I wouldn't pass up as well. I try to do it if there's a big issue, like when we were doing license plate readers, I went and knocked on doors in Garden Hills because that was the impacted neighborhood. I do it with council members. District races are two years from now, not four years like 
another race for me and at large. And I'll knock on doors with district people as well, because I really do think that talking to the people that we are governing is super important. So that's a piece of it. The other thing is I'm invested in who I serve with. I'm invested in who's on school board. All of those races matter. And if if my lending my hand helps them, that's something I want to do too. I'm really glad you brought up Garden Hills. I know you've invested more and more resources, which is wonderful. There are still areas of Champaign that desperately need upgrades, affordable housing, access to grocery stores. What is the city's plan to improve the underserved communities? We have obligated $54 million to Garden Hills. So let's start with that. You're right. They're not the only ones that need effort, for sure. Um, The city has also put a little over four and a half million dollars into the strides low barrier shelter that the township is running and trying to work on helping our friends without an address in our community. We have had a study session on food insecurity. Again, that was one of the things, unfortunately, during the pandemic that kind of got pushed. It was a council goal that we just didn't get to in the last four years. So I think that's something that will come back as well, because that's something that we need to do. But I think the underpinnings of our violence prevention blueprint as well is really what we did as we developed that was look at the data for our poorest neighborhoods. And we looked at the factors that end up leading to violence, frankly. And so it's living in a poor neighborhood. You know, it's all sorts of factors and you can read our blueprint and see them, but that's given us a roadmap to the neighborhoods and the human beings that need to be uplifted. And I think we have a council that is committed to doing that work. We're really different. You've been in this community your whole life. So, you know, like I do, There was a time when Champaign City Council was fire, police, and public works. When I first started running, that's all we would talk about, right? That's the work of the city. And it still underpins everything we do. We have to do those four services. But I think we have turned a corner in this community where the people who live here understand if we don't take care of the people, We're not a social services provider, but we can certainly be a social services funder. And if we're not intervening and making a difference in the lives of our most vulnerable, then we're going to end up in a community that nobody wants to live in. You can do it for all the, what I will say, the right reasons. You can do it because you care about people and you want to uplift everyone and a rising tide lifts all boats, or you can take the conservative stance of it's just good for business. It's not good for business when there's garbage everywhere, or there are people who are begging on the streets or, you know, doing those kinds of things as well. And so whichever side you're on politically, you've got to recognize that the city intervening and caring for people is going to be better for our community. Champaign and Urbana partner together, even though the city councils are run slightly differently. And you were right about one thing. I spent 18 years of my life in Urbana, the last 14 in Champaign. So let's talk about the differences in other ways. How are Champaign and Urbana different and how are they very much alike? 
Well, I think we're more alike now maybe than we have been in the past. And some of that is the coordination and the friendship across community lines. I can't remember a time, and I grew up here too, where we worked so well together. Some of that is really the benefit of COVID. We all learned that we're all in it together and we built relationships that are gonna last moving forward. So I think we're pretty similar, but they just have a different flavor. Like people choose Urbana for a reason that they don't choose champagne. We always say we're a little bit more business forward. I don't know if that's true. The current mayor is pretty invested in economic development and recruiting businesses to her community. I think some of their historical regulation has made it harder for businesses to thrive. And so despite some of her efforts, there are some structures in place that make it harder. That's my bias <laughs> anyway. And we're the big dog, right? We're 90,000 people. There are 45,000 people. So we have more staff, we have more resources, and that changes how we approach things. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> Everything feels differently. As soon as you cross, what is it, Wright Street's the dividing line? I just feel that the schools are different. Retail is different. Restaurants are different. There's just a different vibe. Even the landscape and the trees are different. I don't know. Everything feels different to me. Not bad, just different. And I think people will choose where they feel at home. I would say we are better when Urbana is stronger. And so the days of us seeing them as a competitor I think that's the wrong place to be. We really need to see them as a partner and we need to be working with them for bettering our community. Agreed. Campaigning, you are in the throes of it right now. It is exhausting and you make being a mayor look like something that you enjoy. Other things that you enjoy for yourself used to be running and working out in the early morning. Are those still things that you do for you? It is. I don't run very much anymore. That was something that over time being mayor, I think I just couldn't. I do do some runnings. Um, so I work out at Raw Fitness. I'll give a plug. Councilmember Iniguez owns and it's fantastic. And they have very structured thing, weightlifting. So we do that. I do that with my friend, Tracy Nally, who, you know, three days a week. And then the other days I do cardio. I do something almost every day. I will say in the last few weeks, I've missed a couple of my scheduled appointments, which is pretty rare for me, but I'm, you know, waking up at three in the morning, obsessing about campaign stuff. And I need to get through April 4th and then get back on track. I am not judging you even a little. If you started your day with a soda washed down with M&Ms, I wouldn't even judge. <laughs> Before I let you go, I have to ask, there are Democrats who reluctantly would vote for somebody with an R in front of their name, even though they like you and you're doing a great job. There are Republicans who feel that you are too socially liberal and call you a rhino. How do you address that? People want to label you one way or the other. What do you say to that? So I always at the doors tell people it's a nonpartisan race. It's a nonpartisan race. There are people who want to kind of hammer on, well, you have to be something. I think over the years, I have a good friend who says the work changes you. 
And I I think that that has been very true for me. You can't do this work without being impacted by it. And so I feel like what I can offer is people, I think, pretty much know what to expect from me. I've been a pretty consistent leader, even though I've been changed by the work. I think I'm pretty consistent in how I've moved through the work that we do. And I don't think there are some crazy surprises out there. And I have lots of Republicans who think I'm a Democrat, and I have lots of Democrats who say, oh, but she's a Republican. And that, to me, says I'm succeeding, right? I am a nonpartisan, and I am doing the best work I can for the residents of the city of Champaign. Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Champagne Mayor Deb Frank-Finan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. 